are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker, that is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Welcome to the Steve Day Show podcast edition here on Westwood One, powered by CRTV. I would be Steve Dace. That would be me. Todd and Aaron are here as well. We'd love to know what you think about what we think. You can let us know by emailing us, steve at stevedace.com. Last name spelled D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. We just finished, finished, let me try that again in English. We just finished today's television show for CRTV. Let's give the audience a preview of what's to come. Todd. You might be wishing uh, that all uh, Adam Schiff was doing was spending time on MSNBC and CNN after you hear uh, who he was, uh, whose show he was on uh, just, uh, what, four or five short years ago? Yes. Quite a revelation. Yes. One of the most, if not the most blatant example of hypocrisy I've ever uncovered in my career. Shameless. That's saying something. That is saying something. Aaron. Props to MSNBC and CNN. You'll see why. Ah, nice tease. I like that. Yes. All right, that and more. Our good friend Daniel Horowitz from Conservative Review joins us, uh, as he does every Wednesday here on the show as well. So CRTV.com, promo code DACE. That's how you can subscribe if you're not a subscriber already. You'll get a discounted subscription by using my name to use the discount or gain access to it. You can also get access to all of the shows we do here at CRTV, not just ours, but the great one, Mark Levin, Phil Robertson from Duck Dynasty, and more. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. And while we're making requests, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a positive review here on iTunes or Stitcher, that does help us to get the word out to more people like you. Uh, And uh, if you've not yet subscribed, that helps us to get the word out as well. Please consider doing that too. Well, it is Wednesday. It's when we like to play a little game called Buy, Sell, or Hold. Our producer, Aaron, will throw out a series of hopefully, not lame, but provocative statements. Todd and I will then take a moment or two, or sometimes in my case, 12, to decide whether we're going to buy that or we're going to sell that. We are allowed one time per show a hold, but since not making a call is considered in unless it's an extreme case, a violation of the dude code, you will be typically mocked mercilessly if you punk out. We agree on the rules? Always. All right. Aaron, you may fire when ready. All right. Eric says the Democrat memo will be the true nothing burger, a statement that is impossible to answer. It's impossible to answer. I'm going to say sell. I think because we have something to compare it to now, I'm going to say sell for the same reasons I don't believe the Nunez memo is a nothing burger. You can think it's wrong. You can think it's bad. You can think it's irresponsible. You can think it's the gospel. You can think it's great. You can think it's uh, from their lip, from you know his lips to God's ears. But you can't say it's a nothing burger. I mean, he makes some pretty scandalous accusations there against America's uh, you know Department of Justice and intelligence community. So either Nunez and the people who signed off on this memo are, you know, traitorous hacks who are putting their political party ahead of the country, or they're right to some degree at least. I don't I don't see how that can be a nothing burger. 
I just don't. And I'll, I think since we've, we've got those ground rules established with the Nunez memo, I think the same thing applies here with, with Adam Schiff. I mean, either he puts forth something that um, is clearly a, a partisan document that lacks the, the, the gravitas. Not so much the, the Nunez memo has some, but the Grassley memo that came out last night has much more in the gravitas department. I think we all agree on that. So either he comes forward with something that shows he has a credible narrative uh, to counter the current explanation of events, um, or he doesn't. And if he doesn't, then then the, he's guilty of the same thing that Nunez could be guilty of, politicizing the, the you know an issue of national security. So I don't see how that could possibly be a nothing burger. So I'm selling, Todd. I'm selling as well for all those reasons and another. I mean, the whole claim um, by the left is how uh, letting any of this out at all was going to imperil uh, the future, uh, the current and future work of the uh, FBI, jeopardize assets and all that. And I think we uh, have obviously seen that that isn't the case with what's been released. And now a Democrat, I think no matter what he releases, um, it's, it's going to verify that that was all just one big lie uh, or he's going to have to co- concoct something so uh, salacious uh, that he will uh, at, at the very least impugn his integrity or uh, basically per- a, def- a uh, de facto perjuring of himself uh, so th- it can't be just because of the political theater that the Democrats basically like with uh, the tax law mm-hmm. no, no tax you're, you're not going to get a tax cut well yeah you are uh, you're also going to find out that there was nothing remotely close to anything being jeopardized in terms of national security with divulging this. The Han Solo movie will be the first Star Wars film to do relatively poorly at the box office, a beginning trend for the future. Relatively poorly. Let's set that at 40% less. No, 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 no. 30% less than the average adjusted for inflation gross of every Star Wars film thus far. If you ended the statement there, I would buy. But I don't believe it will start off a trend at all. I mean, The Last Jedi, for all of the fanboy complaints, and you guys are in that camp, much more so than me, uh, absolutely crushed it at the box office. Absolutely crushed it. And the reason why that matters is because when you have a film that's making $614 million domestic alone, that means people are seeing it multiple times, right? Any star, anything, anything you slap a label, the label of Star Wars on is going to have a massive opening. The question then becomes, what's the word of mouth say after the initial wave of, of, of the crowds and reviews hit? And The Last Jedi took more fanboy backlash than even any of the Lucas prequels did because we didn't, we were still, I mean, the, la- the last Lucas prequel came out in 05, guys. We were still in, for most of America, we were in a pre-Wi-Fi era in 2005. We didn't have smartphones yet. They came out in 06, right? So even more so than the Lucas prequels because technology and that industry is much more available and developed than it was in you know at the end of the Lucas prequels. The Last Jedi got a pretty severe fanboy backlash. And yet the rest of America loved the film and kept seeing it over and over again. So um, I don't think any trend is on the horizon 
of a downturn. So if you, so I'm going to sell if that if that remains in the statement. If the statement alone becomes it will be relatively speaking to Star Wars a disappointment, I will buy that. Also comes out at a very competitive time, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, that time of year in the summer, you know, you have a different um, blockbuster movie comes out every week at that point in time. You know, so if the if I have to take the whole statement that I'm selling, do I agree with the premise though that it will be a disappointment unto itself to some degree? I I do agree with that. I'll sell because um, the uh, the selections of other movies out there are just n- not that good. People are easily going to want to spend their money watching a Han Solo movie um, over just about uh, anything else. Uh, and I don't maybe it is our. Uh, uh, our fanboyishness uh, when we talked yesterday um, that we weren't we didn't find the portrayal of Han Solo too compelling but you know just being kind yeah but a lot of people just want to go escape and uh, they're going to give it a ride furthermore in terms of a trend the news just came out uh, yesterday that the second non-Skywalker trilogy has been announced and it's being helmed by the Game of Thrones guys uh, I'm in on that one um, that's encouraging of course I have the feeling about that as I felt about J.J. Abrams taking over the final trilogy and um, well yeah so there uh, I, think, that, I think the problem is J.J. Abrams didn't really take over the final trilogy we didn't learn that until after the fact he, did, he took over one movie see we thought he was going to lay this out you know like the Cloverfield movies are lost yeah. You know, the other things that he's done, he didn't take over the trilogy. He he, he didn't, he wasn't there. He could Kevin, have, though. He could have. He, he wasn't there, Kevin Feige. He wasn't, you know, a younger George Lucas or a Steven Spielberg put in charge of a franchise. He just did one movie. He punked out. With no intentions of doing another one. He actually. punked out. That's, you could interpret events that way, potentially, sure. Uh, that statement was from uh, Blake Johnson, in case I didn't say that. Uh, Veronica Gelvin says, the information is being released in this way so that the public can absorb it in sequence. It's a coordinated strategic release, purposefully uh, preparing the public for what's coming. She's talking about the ne- uh, the memo. So Nunez memo, pause, Grassley memo. She says that it's being done in this way for a specific reason to prepare us for something that's coming. Do you buy that? To some degree, I can buy that, yeah. I mean, I, I, will, I will never err on the side of things being as clearly and cleanly coordinated as maybe some others would prefer but on a general level i think there's some truth to that so i'll buy that generally yeah it's reasonable to buy that but i'm just trying to intuit what their reason would be for not uh allowing the shift memo to come out at the same time as the Nunez memo, because I think as strong as the Nunez memo was, it, it would see, it would seem that it would only be strengthened all the more when being care, compared to that was my argument what two days ago. Um, so, because that doesn't really make sense to me, I'm going to sell. Doug McCone says a former government official recognizable by most Americans will be criminally prosecuted due to the current scandals. He says Uranium One, FISA, etc. We haven't even talked anything, I don't think, at all on this show about Uranium One, have we? No, because no. it's another story. What is the truth? Yeah. Oh, we, we have leaks. 
leaks, counter leaks, counter leaks to counter leaks to leaks. That's why I like when people we elect put their name on something and say, here's based on my investigation what we think, because then we get somebody to hold accountable to something. You know what I'm saying? Sure. But it was just anonymous sources at Fox or anonymous sources at Washington Post. You're just going to believe the anonymous sources that are crafting the side of the story you want to believe. Uh, I'm going to sell on that. I just, you know, I don't see much evidence that we hold people accountable as a general rule in America anymore. And I'm going to sell because of the part where you said uh, somebody most Americans would recognize and, you know, you go do a jaywalking survey and most Americans don't recognize, you know, who's Mike Pence? Uh, I don't know. So, no. Dennis Whit- Dennis Whitworth says we'll get to the bottom of the FISA scandal. Can we define FISA scandal? Are we defining it as whether or not um, the true nature of Christopher Steele's allegiances, paycheck, reasons for why he was gathering his oppo, whether or not they were the result of obtaining the warrants? Is that what we're saying? Is that how we're defining it? Basically, who knew what when. Okay. Um, Because I think we will get the answer to that. Okay, so depending on if that's how we're defining it, then I will buy. If there's an alternative definition of getting to the bottom of it, then I'm, I may have to reconsider. But if we're going to go with that definition, as I understand it, then I will buy it. See, my gut reaction was something systemic and comprehensive that... It's not just one guy that's guilty of something, um, but a total um, top-to-bottom review, analysis, and consequences. And I just can't envision a scenario where that happens. As your friend Jonathan Narciss used to say, a forensic audit of the place. (laughs) I can't see it happening. All right, uh, Mr. Shikadance says I need to buy toilet paper. What does that mean? He just wants to know whether or not you buy, sell, or hold the notion that he needs to buy toilet paper. Well, I think you can't ever have too much, so I'm going to buy on that. Never a bad time to buy toilet paper. Never, yeah. I mean, I don't know that it's as hot as Bitcoin was. It's not anymore, but uh, I I will certainly... I'm pretty much always going to buy on the TP for the bunghole. Todd, you? Uh, yeah, you don't really want to go without, so um, I don't really know why you're lost in some gray area there, buddy, but um, yeah, go for it. Uh, William Ward says, Solo, a Star Wars story, goes over $400 million at the domestic box office, and he wants to note that this is a May release instead of a Christmas time release. Yeah, I'm selling on that. I don't think it will. I don't, the number doesn't relative. It would essentially mean it would four hundred million would mean only two movies made that this year. Domestic, um, Star Wars: The Last Jedi made over six hundred million, and Beauty and the Beast. So only there were only two movies this year that did that. Yeah, or in twenty seventeen, this I'm, last I'm, year. I'm selling. Yeah. Moving on. I think the May. I think the Memorial Day release is more problematic. It's more competitive. Uh, David, uh, this is from Jacob Hubbard. David Benioff and D.B. Weiss will give us a Game of Thrones-style Jedi versus Sith 
Old Republic War in their coming Star Wars films. You know, there's a lot of speculation that these Game of Thrones guys are going to do films based off Star Wars The Old Republic, which is a very popular line of video games and books uh, from uh, several years ago. Um, I'm going to sell on that because I think what they're much more interested in doing is building out the canon of the future uh, and treating The Force Awakens as essentially a reboot of an, of their industry. So I, I think these things will either be contemporary to this trilogy that will end in 2019 or they will be about events happening after they take place. Agreed. Uh, I will sell. Uh, and no matter what they do, though, if if they follow through on what they've now done over the course of what's six going on seven seasons, I think you, you will have characters you care about, unlike Poe and Finn. So you're selling? Yes. Okay. Uh, Jacob Hibbard says, also says, uh, what aboutism and the anti-Trump Trump cults are here to stay? True. Sell or buy, no doubt. Gold in them hills. Too much money to be made. I mean, there's a reason prostitution's the oldest profession, folks. Okay, so um, this is another form of it. And it's not just the Trump cult. There's the anti, I mean, there's the anti-Trump cult and, and what it's done to Anna Navarro and people of that nature. I mean, Anna Navarro was a nobody aide for John Huntsman, who I believe got three more votes for president than any of us did when he ran in 2012, and we didn't run. Okay, I mean, she has turned herself into a, a star by becoming a, a clapping seal that can turn literally any story into a criticism of Donald Trump. So, I mean, when there's money to be made, ain't going away anytime soon. So, buy. Absolutely. Buy. Also, there's, there's no standard anywhere that's the obvious go-to one for the American public. To say, okay, let's vet all this insanity against that. The American public doesn't have interest in it, but it also does not exist. Uh, it really, I mean, uh, the press, the Hollywood, education, it, it's all been corrupted by this. Uh, so right, there's, there's no parachute out of here. Let's see. What's your favorite weed says? What's your favorite? No, that's not. Uh, Brand <laughs> uh, Snowflake Inn says the NFL will learn nothing from the expression of patriotism throughout the game this past Sunday. I'm going to sell. I think the fact that you saw those expressions of patriotism is the league is learning something. Now, these are men. And regardless of their political ideologies, there's a lot of pride involved. They're going to come up with a way to make it look like they didn't bow to any of your pressure at all. They're going to come up with a way so that it didn't look like Trump bullied them at all, that you you know uh, Breitbart or other conservative news sites that have correctly called them out for their antics this past year. They're going to come up with a way so that it doesn't look like you guys won an argument with them. That's one of the reasons why they didn't pre-hype all the Medal of Honor winners coming in. Because on the heels, if, if on the heels of them turning down that veterans ad, if they had then announced that they were bringing all these Medal of Honor winners, and what, what would the story have been? NFL bows to pressure, right? So instead, we turn on the Super Bowl, and lo and behold, 
we were surprised. Look, all these Medal of Honor winners are there, and one of them's putting out the coin toss. Isn't that so cool? Yay, Team USA, right? So they're going to figure out, try to see if they can anyway, figure out a way so it doesn't look like they're bowing to any of the pressure so they don't give Trump a money, a money quote, which he's just going to claim credit anyway, even if they don't. But they're going to go out of their way to avoid making it look like you won the argument with them. But I, I will sell. I think you will see signs next year that you did. They just won't own up to that up front and will probably handle it much like they handled the displays of patriotism in the Super Bowl, Todd. You know, it was just yesterday, I think, that I was saying it's a sign of hope that when the, st- the lights are the brightest, uh, that they have their priorities, right? But once you're in the middle of week eight, I th- it might start off that way, Steve. We're going to get into week eight, and I just think the writing's on the wall now in terms of uh, these guys are boys who can shave. And sooner or later, they won't be able to discipline themselves. So I'm going to have to buy one more quickie, serious one, and then we'll get on to the top 40 bands of the 1980s. This guy knows, says, government shuts down again. Sell. Sell. All right, you guys ready? Top 40 bands. This is according to the Top 10s, which is the website where people can vote on what they think are the best of whatever. We'll start with number 40. So these are 40 bands of the 1980s, and I am... I am confused on one of them in the top 40 the rest of them look oh just the good. 80s just just the so 80s. are we buying and selling whether they should be on the list at all so what we're doing here is like we've done for past lists, or where they're on you have list. to okay. buy when you buy you mean you agree that they uh should be on the list and generally agree with where they are on that list and so these are bands that were active in the 1980s for some period of time so uh number 40 genesis Sell. Sell. They got to be higher than that. Yeah, I saw them in they're, concert. They're they were 40? fantastic. Wow. Sell. Or the 80s were even more awesome than yes. we thought. Uh, number 39, Motorhead. Sell. Wouldn't put them on the list at all. Yeah, sell. Number 38, Sonic Youth. Sell. They're better than Genesis? Are you freaking kidding yeah. me? This. Who did this again? Oh, great. People. Yes, here we go. They su- uh, people oh, online. no, they suck again. Yes, okay. Uh, 37, Huey Lewis and the News. Sell. They've got to be a lot higher than that. That and, was arguably the best band of the 80s, arguably. Certainly one of the best selling. I don't think I've ever heard anything of Huey Lewis and the News. You ever watched Back to the Future? Yeah. Then you have. Okay. That's their soundtrack. Not better than Genesis, Sell. So. Oh, absolutely better than Genesis. Huey Lewis and the News yes. is better than Genesis? Yes. Oh, oh yes. please. Come on, man. Genesis. Sports is one of the greatest albums of the entire decade. Yes. You're, no one would say that. No one would agree with that. Except the actual record sales. Yes. <laughs> Have you seen Genesis' record sales? Yeah, it's like one of the top five selling albums of the whole decade. 36, Kiss. Sell. I'm, I'm okay with them being there. I'll buy. Because a lot of their best stuff was in the 70s, so I'm okay with it. 35, Foreigner. Similar to Kiss, I'm okay with them being there because there's a mix of 70s to 80s when some of their best stuff was, yeah. so I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'll buy that. Foreigner sounds about right right there. 34, The Clash. Now I know the hipster thing to say is, so they got to be a lot higher. But really, there's like two good songs, guys. So 
I'm fine with them being there. I, I'm kind of surprised they weren't. I, I figured they were going to be in the top 10 for sure because they're kind of like the hipsters' favorite 80s group, okay? And they're, and they're, and they're all over Stranger Things, so they've had a renaissance mm-hmm. in recent years. Because, uh, I'll buy as well because they're at 35. 30, uh, that was 34. 33 talking heads. So, wait, it's too high. Again, they, they have fewer good songs than The Clash. No, I'll, I'll buy. They, as long as they're in that first decade of the songs. The Talking Heads yeah. should, ahead of Genesis and oh, Huey that. Lewis in the News? Yeah. No. Uh, number 32, New Order. Sell. So, my, my barometer now is, are you better than Genesis and Huey Lewis in the News? That's my barometer. Okay. 31, Traveling Wilburys. Sell. So, <laughs> and I'm stabbing they're myself. They're not even... A band? No, they're not. They're not even a band. I mean, it was, it was fun, but they're not. They were just kind of a. They're basically a like a group of Beatles fans yeah, who got together with George Harrison to jam together in a garage, and yes. it was cool. But yeah, sell. Thirty the cars. But well, sell. Debatable that's too low. whether they're better than Genesis and Huey Lewis. I know. Lewis I have to move news. past that though. You're right, but I have to move past. They were huge in the '80s. I've got to sell. They were. They but I'm selling because they did. They need to be higher. I'm I'm okay I'm okay with them being there. I, I, I'll say bye. Although I'm scared if they're at thirty, Huey Lewis is at thirty is at thirty six and Genesis is at thirty nine. I'm really scared to see what's to come. Okay, twenty nine Nirvana. They're not an eighties band. Eighty, yeah. So mm, they formed in nineteen eighty seven. Smells like Teen Spirit came out in nineteen ninety one. I was a senior in high school. Smell, yeah. Her cell. That's. And, and that makes me just want to cancel the whole rest of the list. Oh, but that's okay. when I really start laughing. Yeah, there's great snap potential for Steve Day, so go on. Uh, let's see. This one is the one that I was confused about. I didn't know they were an 80s band, but it says they formed in 1983 Red Hot Chili Peppers. So, so this is all this wrong. This is trying to be too smart by a half. Yes. You suck, people. You suck at this. Uh, 27 Fleetwood Mac. M- rumors of the best-selling album of the decade. I'd, I think uh, it's got to be higher than uh, that. Then I would probably say they should be higher. See, Fleetwood, uh, they had the of the eighties. Rumors they, is the highest-selling album, of the, or other than Thriller. I'm sorry, other than when Thriller. was Rumors? I think it was 1980. It wasn't Rumors 1980. Okay, well that yeah. that explains it because uh, I don't. I, I'm selling because that that notwithstanding, they're not an eighties band. They're a seventies band. See, I kind of see more as a seventies band too. Uh, release date was in 77. Oh, Rumors was in 77? What are we doing here? Oh, then here? I'm definitely selling. What, what, are, what we are we doing, doing here? here? What are we doing here? What are we doing? I don't know. I like what to, is this? I like to ask existential questions, too, in the middle of... I, 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 I might just sell podcast. every band on the rest of this list from this time forward. Sell. I'm selling Fleetwood Mac. It's, it's just active in the 1980s. It doesn't have to be okay. certain songs or certain albums came out in the 1980s. Uh, 26, Aerosmith. I'm fine with them being there. I'll buy that. Because again, some of their best stuff was in the seventies too. And also, they were like totally absent in the eighties, other than the Run DMC thing. Then they returned. When did they return? That was that came out did in eighty six or eighty seven, and then then you know they did a lot more through the I'm late eighties, early nineties. They were they're not they're like a seventies and a nineties band. They're not an eighties band. Uh, number twenty five. So you're selling. Selling twenty five Megadeth. Sell. sell. I'm going to sell pretty much every yes. hard metal, speed metal act. I hate that. I hate that crap. I've never heard of this 24 heart. 
Oh, oh you yeah. never heard of Heart? They, I saw no. them. That was my first concert. My buddy won tickets on the radio and he took me. Saw Heart. Yeah, absolutely. I'm yeah, selling on them, though. They're, that's too high. It is too Particularly high. Particularly because their best stuff, I would but, also argue, was in the 70s and not the 80s. That's true. That's, but, that's Barracuda, Magic Man. No, you're right. That stuff's all from the 70s. We just have to... I need to say it every once in a while just to... I was nostalgic. Number 23, The Smiths. Sell. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> How many editors did it get through? Genesis, The Smiths. Huey Lewis in the News, The Smiths. The Cars, The Smiths. I mean, seriously. Yeah, Sal. Number 22, Rush. Bye. I, they're to not... I, I'm amazed at the number of people who think, like, Rush is like the... Poor man's Beatles. Yeah, uh, now, I don't dislike them. I mean, they, they are as a following. Tom uh, Sawyer, Limelight, Closer yeah. to the Heart. Those all come out in the eighties, or when they in the seventies. I don't know anymore. I, I know they start running together when you get older now, don't no, they? No, just because I'm told I thought rumors Chili came out like as an I thought rumors band. came out like in eighty eighty one. No, it's night. I was four years old. Seventy seven. <laughs> um, I'll buy them there. I guess. Number twenty one, Poison. Somewhere, my wife is at home right now, screaming. Yes. Yeah, well, but 80s by sell, sell. Not ahead of Huey Lewis in the news. But yeah, not but ahead of Genesis. Oh, he's principal. Not ahead of the cars. No. No. Although I will confess, one of my go-to staples at karaoke back in the day. Every rose has its thorn. That was one of my go-to karaoke staples. That now, and Friends in Low Places. Now when did that song come out? Like 88, 89. That song came out. Yeah, okay, I'll buy. Number 20, Hall and Oates. Bye. 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 Very underrated. Very underrated. M E T H O D O F N O V E. It's a method of my life. Isn't West End Girls Hall and Oates? No, Pet Shop Boys. Oh, Pet Shop Boys. Let's see. Let's go on to number 19. I didn't know this was an 80s band either. NXS? Sell too high. Like four or five great songs, and that's about it. Yeah, but I mean, they're the MTV generation, and they are huge. I got to yeah, buy. because, well, he was a ripoff of the Lizard King, obviously, their lead singer from NXS. But their their song album's not even close to Genesis, Here You in the News, Cars. Not even close. Yeah. I've not even close. Move, I have to move past that. Uh, you can't move past when, can't move past greatness. That's wrong. Sell. Uh, number 18, Dire Straits, even though they have like two songs anybody's ever heard. And more of a 70s band, although they had one great album in the 80s. Sell. And, too high. Get your money for nothing. Oh, money for nothing is one of the greatest songs of the decade. Yeah. Yeah, I'll sell. Yeah, sell. Number seventeen, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Sixteen, I'll buy. I'm okay with that, but I'm something tells me I'm going to think they should have been higher in the next segment selection or two. Uh, Number sixteen, Depeche Mode. Like this one, sell. (laughs) No, I think they should be in the top 40, actually. Yeah, this is just too high. But that's just, this is too high. <clears throat> uh, number 15, Motley Crue. Although, wait a minute. Policy of Truth? No, uh, it's Personal Jesus? That, those actually came out in 1991. Did they really? Yeah, I was a senior in high school when those songs came out. So, I'm, yeah. so that's, so, so, yeah. sell. Anyway, go ahead. Motley Crue, buy. Uh, 15, Motley Crue. Sell, too high. 14, REM. Buy. Personally, I think that's too high, but when I look at their level of success, I have to acknowledge it beyond my personal taste, so I will buy it. Well, that's what you should have said for Motley Crue then, too. 
they don't have close to the success those guys had. Sure they did. They didn't sell as Motley many albums, Crew? didn't make as many Motley Grammys. Crew? Singles. You don't have to like things. them. They were they did huge. Not. They, did they not. were huge. They did not. Their number, their best-selling song until Dr. Feelgood, which came out in 1989-90, was a power ballad, Home Sweet Home. Motley Crew was huge. I didn't say they weren't huge. Well, I just said they weren't bigger than R.E.M.? I didn't say they were bigger than R.E.M. too. I just said okay. by your standard, it should have been a buy. Number 13, Iron Maiden. Sell. Sell. Number 12, The Cure. I love The Cure. That's too high, though. Sell. I it's too high. don't like The Cure, and it's too high, so sell. Uh, 11, The Police. Buy. Sell. They should be on the list. Very underrated, but not that high. Number 10, Tears for Fears. Sell. Way too high. Are, and debatable, they had one great yeah. album, Songs from yeah. the Big Chair. Debatable whether they even belong on the list. Yeah. That's way too high. Having them ahead of the police is Agree on that. I'm, you and I joke. agree. And ahead of Genesis well, and ahead of Huey Lewis. Brief the news pause, now. because I want to put this in the... Because you're, you're, I couldn't even necessarily bring it to bear. Since you've, you've rejected a lot of great bands that I know you appreciate that you said are too high. What are three right now, at least three, that have to be in the top ten that haven't been named so you far? Too. Just for a sense of you context. You U2 has to be in the yeah. top 10. Yes. Um, I would have put Huey Lewis in the news in the top 10 of the 1980s. Okay, but three, okay. something that um, two more that haven't been said. Let me think. Um, Van Halen yes. has to be in the top 10. So there's three. They give you, that's what you Wait, asked me for, right? Well, you gave me Huey Lewis in the news, which is already there. So. U2 and Van Halen should and, definitely be in the top 10. Okay. Okay. All right. Ready to continue? Yes. yes. Number nine, Journey. I was going to say Journey when you asked me the question because, but they're sort of in that pivot point that like a foreigner's in where some of their best stuff was in the 70s as well. Right. Now, their, their quintessential album that had, uh, that, you know, their quintessential two albums that mm-hmm. have Faithfully, Don't Stop Believing, mm-hmm. Separate Ways, those all came out in the 80s, so I'm okay with them being there. Uh, yes, bye. All right, number eight, Van Halen. Bye. Bye. Although I'm guessing we're going to think at the end they should have been higher. Number seven, ACDC. Oh, that's one I should Bye. have gotten easily. They could have, it, it could be argued they should be number one, actually. When you look at the body of work uh, of what they did uh, in the Brian Johnson era in the 1980s, it could be argued they should be number one. I mean, for those about to rock, Back in Black is one of the greatest rock albums of all time. Um, it could be argued they should be number one. Uh, number six, U2. Bye. Bye, but I'm afraid of what the next five are, before, <laughs> and that they should be higher. Number five, Guns N' Roses. I, they they I, are, and yes, Here's bye. the problem, though. Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 came out in the 90s. I was, I was in college. I was in college, but, yeah. but they, are, they I, were so founded as a great band They are. They the were 80s. a great band. That's too high. They are not better than U2 or Journey yeah, or well, Huey Lewis in the News, maybe with a Genesis, yeah. maybe with a Cars. That ship, too we've high. done enough of these lists now, too that high. that ship has sailed now, man. That we can, It wasn't over when the Germans just, bombed Pearl Harbor, John Belushi, and it ain't over right now. No, so. I'll, I'll buy. Too high. Number four, Duran Duran. Bye. <laughs> they should be in the list, no question about it. Oh, no, they were, my, they were my first favorite band. I only laugh now because I'm believing I your standard I can't believe I forgot high. about them. How are they ahead of well, uh, they, they, U2 they should not be ahead of U2, and Guns N' Roses? They should be a top ten band in the 80s, no doubt. absolutely a top ten band. Yeah. Number three, Metallica. Ooh. I'm going to sell on that. I hate all that metal stuff. I, I didn't like anything yeah, Metallica, Metallica did to the Black Album in 1990, uh, which is the one where everybody thinks they even, sold out, and that's the one I actually like. Yeah. I'm not Metallica, a metal guy. Yeah, yeah me neither, but Metallica's, when Metallica did the uh, orchestral um, concert, man. And that guy's just a cool dude. He's said I'm, He moved away from California because he just can't stand all those stupid liberals. So number three, 
seems high. It's way too high. Um, so I'm, but it is. It absolutely belongs in the top twenty of this list. I just so sell. I'll have to sell. Number two, Bon Jovi. Oh, how we forget about them? Yeah, yeah they, buy. They, yeah, buy. Yeah. All right, number one, Blondie. <laughs> We're never doing this again. <laughs> really? No, it's Queen. <laughs> Still too high. It's Queen. Still too high. Mm-hmm. Most of their best yeah. stuff was in the seventies too. Could be argued yeah. the best album. I mean, well, another one bites the dust, and that stuff came out. I think eighty-one, and the Flash Gordon soundtrack was nineteen eighty-one. I think, and then the, the rest of the decade, you know, from about eighty-three, eighty-four on, they were nowhere to be found. That's way too high. No, sell. Yeah, All right, Queen uh, to me is a little bit like uh, the um, the following. I said, uh, who um, Tom Sawyer, uh, oh, Rush, Rush. Has. They just yes. have this. Yeah. There's this almost uh, Walking Dead, not Walking Dead, the um, Jerry Grateful Garcia. Dead. Grateful, Grateful Dead, Dead thank following. you. Yep. Following, but they're not that great. All uh, right, final thoughts. We're done, right? Yeah, yeah, we're All good. All right, let's wrap it up. Final thoughts, Todd, go. Um, yeah, well, um, you're still sane at the end of this list, and I didn't laugh nearly as much as I wanted to. Aaron? Uh, I apparently failed at my job today. Sorry, Todd. <laughs> You had last it was a great day for me. You know how great a day <laughs> yes. that was for me. And people think millennials don't take things too seriously. Yeah. Hey, thanks for tuning in here today. Don't forget uh, the show on CRTV, CRTV.com, promo code DACE. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Until tomorrow, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you.